we have uh, uh, been walking through a sermon series in the book of John, the Gospel of John. Gospel means good news. Uh, it's good news because it's about this man named Jesus. God himself came in the flesh for you and me. Um, so we're in the Gospel of John. It's the second half of your Bible. And uh, we've been walking through the book of Gospel of John and seeing how Jesus is, dark, is light in our darkness. Jesus is light in our darkness. He sets us free. As Pastor Friday uh, spoke about last week, powerful message, right? The object lesson of, of, of uh, being in bondage there. And God, freedom only comes through Jesus. Jesus alone. He is truth. And there's a whole lot of misinformation, a whole lot of deceit and lies. He is truth. We need Jesus. Today's text, we've got a lot to work through here. Okay, so bear, bear, bear with me, but a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're we're going to be on time. We'll be out by 1 o'clock, so we're, we're good to go. Uh, amen. <laughs> uh, John chapter 8. Um, I'm going to be focusing on verses 39 through 59, but I'm going to start reading in verse 31. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bible or Bible app, John, John 8, verse 31 is where, we're, where, where we will start reading. Um, I normally will set up the, our sermon, my sermon here, but I want, I want to pause because um, I, I want to speak to something that, that happened during our prayer time this morning um, and just invite you guys to come and join us in seeking the Father um, because as, as, as Linda talked about, prayer, prayer is powerful. Prayer is the work, as our, our dear friend Herb Bloomquist would remind us. Um, while we were praying... Um, as I was seeking the Father, my heart has been very burdened, um, and that burden's been growing. I think I've mentioned this to many of you, the, the, the amount of, of needs um, and counseling needs and, uh, ha- have been astronomical. They, my, my counseling load as a pastor now is greater than it's ever been as a pastor. And, I mean, I, I could open a clinic. Um, and... Uh, um, and those needs, they're, they're not small either. Um, there's some heavy, heavy things happening in our life, in our families here, in our individual lives. And for those of you out there on Facebook, it's, there's heavy things happening right now. And we've been under a lot for the last several years. And, 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 and for some people, you know, your bodies just can't handle the stress. And, and the constant level of stress and anxiety for so long, and things happen, and some people are experiencing mental health issues they've never experienced before. Marriages are struggling and falling apart. There's a lot of things going on. And, and I've been saying over the last several weeks, I mean, the burden is heavy. And this morning, and just praying and seeking the Lord and realizing the burden is, is so great. And my heart for you I want to see you all changed. I want to see your lives changed. I love you guys so much. And, and this burden, it's heavy. And realizing the Lord had spoke this morning, reminding me, you don't need me. You don't need me. Because I can't change you. I can't change anybody. I can't even change myself. But we have one who is able. 
And, 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 and as God began to hit me with that reality, and it was in Spanish, poderoso, Dios es poderoso, God Almighty, he's the God who is able, because I ain't able. And there's things that need to happen in your hearts and your lives, and you know it, and these things that need to happen in my life, and I ain't able, but he is able. You don't need me, and I need to be reminded of that. You have, we have one who is able, and you need him. And you know what, friends? Uh, being reminded of that, there, is, there are things that God wants to do. But it begins with us not wanting things from God, but wanting God himself. All right? We need to start there. Yeah, I'll just pray. I want to start there. We get our hearts right. Dios es My Spanish ain't great, y'all. Hablo español como un gringo. All right? Dios es poderoso. God is almighty. God is able to do everything. Jesus, we come to you right now. Our need isn't a well-crafted sermon from a guy we like. Our need isn't a person. Our need isn't the right kind of worship songs and music. Our need isn't for our circumstances to change. Our need is you. Lord God, I, and I come with my arms. I'm trying to open them up to you. These people here need you. They don't need me. Our friends out there on Facebook, they don't need me. They need you. And I can't do it. I can't make them experience you. And that's hard for me. Oh, the burden is great right now. But you are able. God, we want to we wanna meet you. We want to turn our hearts towards you. And I pray for my friends here that in a way that they, they struggle and they, they, don't even, they, they, they can't do on their own, may their hearts be turned towards you, Jesus, today. You are what we need. The God who is able, the almighty God, the great I am. In your name we pray. Amen. So we jump into today's text here. Big context for the passage here. It's talking about this dude named Abraham. Father Abraham. Now, when I say that, some of you are already singing the song. If you grew up in church, there's these crazy songs that we sing. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right. Okay, that's enough. Right? Father Abraham. All right, for those of you who didn't grow up in the church, or you're like, this is just, I don't know what this is. Anyways, <laughs> Father Abraham. Father Abraham it goes back to historically, God chose to show himself in human history and to all humanity by choosing a man through whom he would create an entire race. God wanted to show himself to all human beings throughout history by choosing a, a race of people 
to relate with, to reveal himself to all of humanity. He chose this man named Abraham. There wasn't anything special about Abraham that God chose him. This is part of God's work. God is gracious. He chose Abraham, and, and, and this starts in Genesis 12, if you, if you ever want to check this out. It's the first book of your Bible. Genesis 12 through 22 is about Abraham. So God chose Abraham, and, and, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. I'm choosing to bless you, and, and I'm going to make you into this great nation, this one man. I'm going to make you into a great nation so that all nations will be blessed. I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to powerfully determine history through you, Abraham. And Abraham trusted God. He trusted God and he followed him. So God told him to move and he went from his homeland and became an immigrant and left and entered this this land that was, God was planning to give him. And, and, and the promise was, I'm going to make you a nation. And again, I'm going to bless, bless all nations through you as a nation. He was just one man. And, and for 20 years, he was already 70 years old. For 20 plus years, he never had a kid. He and his wife, they were barren. And, and it wasn't until they were beyond age normally of having children, because God likes to show that, again, it's not from you, it's from me. I'm doing the work. His, his wife got pregnant with a son named Isaac, one child. They didn't have many. They had one child. And that son Isaac, God then even told him, and, and to test his trust in him, God asked Abraham, sacrifice your son to me. Sacrifice your son to me. And Abraham showed he trusted God. Now, I'm going to finish that part of that story later. This man, God chose, Father Abraham, is the origin, if you will, the father of the Jewish people. If you put two and two together, you get that he didn't sacrifice his son, all right? He's the father, he's the origin of the Jewish people, the Israelites. God's people, God's people is what they would be called. So let's jump in with that said. God's people have Father Abraham. John 8, verse 31. Here we go. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free. And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you, are, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen in my father, and you do, what you've heard from your father. Now they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. 
But now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. So let's pause here. Jesus is trying to share with them that, 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 that we're all in bondage and we need freedom. And the son, who happens to be himself, the son can set you free. And they're like, no, 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 no. We aren't enslaved to anybody. All right? We are our own people. We're our own race. We, 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 we're not slaves. Abraham is our father. We are we're the offspring of Abraham. We are God's people. We are a free people. We are our own nation. Jesus is taking this deeper as he acknowledges to them, like everybody's a slave to sin. All right, you've got to be set free. And, 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 and what we've got to get here is the Jews, all of their reactions to Jesus in this context are about, we got this, we don't need you. Which is our response to God naturally and instinctively. We got this. We don't need you. Jesus, God, unless you're going to do something for me. So Jesus is challenging their sense of who's their father. So in verse 39, as we pick up this context, Abraham is our father. Well, Jesus is is correcting them and, and challenging them. Okay, if he's your father, then you would following his footsteps. You would act like him if he's truly your father. You see, they're, they're claiming their sense of privilege of being part of the kingdom, of being God's people, the privileges of, of freedom in God, and all the, the, that comes with being God's people, access to the father. They claim that they have that, that privilege based on their pedigree. But Jesus shows us here that God favors action over ancestry. If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the things Abraham did, is his emphasis here. But you're not. You're not doing these things. You know, have you, you, did you notice that growing up um, and experiencing with a, with, with a father in your life, uh, uh, you know, say, making some, some kinds of statements or, or claims that, that this is what barbers do. Now, you didn't hear that. Whatever your, you know, your, 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 your family name is this, is, this is how barbers act or behave. Or, or that's my son. Or that's my daughter. Affirming that, 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 the, the pride in the, in the behavior, right? I remember a couple times there with my, with my dad reminding me, this is how barbers behave. There are a lot of ways in which I was uh, deviated and, and, and sinned growing up, and um, I put my various talents to bad use in a variety of ways. One was which learning how to forge my mother's signature, and uh, um, evidently I could write my mom's signature better than she could, and so um, I got figured out, and the school reported that, and uh, to her, and uh, it, and so there was that, that sit-down that I had with Dad and was reminded in that of the character. This is not what a barber does. We're people of integrity. I remember later 
um, in high school, being reminded when I was getting some poor grades there, I was reminded that um, barbers do their best. They give their best effort. And uh, academic achievement was really important. In our, in our family home. I'm sure you, you have some things that can come to your mind with your family. Or, I'm so proud of you. That's my boy. Now, my dad would say that at my baseball games in really awkward ways. Like, that's my boy! That was really awkward. But I suppose my sons would say, that's where dad gets his awkward. From his dad. Therefore, I must be a barber. You know, it's true. For God... Who determines who's our daddy is more determined by our actions than our ancestry. If God is really our father, if Abraham was their father, they would have trusted God in his revelation of himself. They were not trusting that Jesus was God's revelation of himself, that, 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 that he was God himself. They didn't trust that. They didn't hear and obey. Abraham heard he had faith in God, and it was, it was credited to him as a right relationship with God. He trusted God. He took God at his word. The Jews were not trusting God through Jesus. In fact, they took it at blasphemy, and they wanted to kill Jesus. Their actions were, were not just about Jesus. They were about God. They, they were rejecting God himself. We need to examine for, for ourselves as well. Oftentimes, we, we, we like to consider ourselves innocent by association. We may not try to uh, uh, you know, find privilege through our pedigree with God, but we might say we're innocent by association. Like, I, I'm a Christian. I associate myself with Christianity, or I associate myself with Jesus. I like Jesus. Jesus is good. I mean, who doesn't like Jesus? There are a few people out there. They don't, but... Jesus is good. I associate myself with Jesus. I, I like what he does. I show up to church. I show up in Christian spaces. I went to the Lauren Daigle concert. Doesn't that count for something, right? I am innocent by association. How are you living? How are you living? What's coming out of you? in stress, and in the tension, and in the conflicts, and what's coming out of you when, when people aren't looking, when you, as you experience success? What's coming out of you? How are you living? You see, God is more concerned about our actions than our ancestry or any associations. You can say you're a Christian. You can show up to a Christian concert and sing Christian music. You can even know the Bible really well. But if your life isn't changed, then that reveals, really, who's your daddy. Jesus, being very gifted at offending people, is going to take it to another level here. Here we go. So the Jews respond to Jesus' claim that they are not Abraham's children. They said to him, we're not born of sexual immorality. We're not illegitimate children. We have one Father, even God. And Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love 
me. For I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. Jews respond here saying, no, 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 no. Like, we're not just, you're attacking us, not following Abraham here. God is our father. We are God's people. We are the people of God. He set us aside. We are the special people that God's going to save. Jews, even, even after Christ for many years, uh, there was a conversation between uh, one, his name was Trypho, and, and one of the early Christians, his name was Justin Martyr. And, uh, um, and this Jew was explaining and articulating that God's people are Jews, and he will save and redeem all Jews. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what their character is. It's just because they're Jews that God will save them. There's this strong sense of fan, this, this, this ethnic identity and nationalism among the Jews that just because we are Jews, we are entitled to God's kingdom and his privileges. And again, Jesus is trying to share truth with them. But sometimes you have to say hard things. They're not getting it. And so it gets right at the heart. Not only are you not Abraham's child, offspring, you're not God's either. And if you're not God's, it's black and white. There's only one other alternative. You're from the devil. Now, how do you suppose these guys are feeling at this point right now? I mean, when you're told, like, you're sons of the devil. I don't know about you. But I, 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 I would be, my temperature might be rising a little bit. I'd be getting a little angry. But what's Jesus saying here and trying to explain to them? If God were your father, you would love me. When God revealed himself to Israel, to the God's people, to, or to, the, to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we capture this. He says, I am the one true God. There is no other. I am the one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, he is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The way you're to relate with the one true God is to love him. To love him, to devote yourself to him, to surrender to him. He is your one reason for existence and living. What does Jesus say? If God were your father, you would love me. 
That's really strong. Is this, this word is the word agape love. There's very different kinds of love. It wasn't the brotherly love. You, would, you wouldn't kindly love me. You wouldn't love me like a neighbor. No, you love me like God. Because he is God. And they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. It was so offensive to them. In fact, they wanted to murder Jesus. We see that played out at the end of the, the passage here. But why? He, sa- he explains, why is it? Why don't you get it? Why can't you hear? I'm, go- I'm right in front of you. I'm trying to save you, in fact. Why don't you get it? In those verses before that Pastor Friday pro- preached on last week, anyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. They didn't get it. They're not free. They're slaves. They're slaves to the lies because their father is the father of lies. All of us, friends, we don't like to hear this. All of us are children of the devil. Now, don't go out there saying that to everybody, okay? Because that's just not going to win you points, all right? Okay? Just not a good conversation starter. We're all children of the devil in that we are under, we're under his lies. See, it says whoever believes his lies are under his power and authority. That's Satan's existence. Satan's, his name means adversary, accuser. This this spiritual embodiment of evil that opposes God in every way and, and seeks to destroy us and take us down to hell with him. He's the liar and father of lies. We're all we're all of us to darkness, to distortions of who God is and should be. We're all of us. Which is why we need Jesus. If God were your father, you would hear the words of God. If God were your father, you would hear the words of God. I can't tell you how many times my dad would say growing up, are you listening to me? Did you ever have those conversations? Are you listening to me? My dad thought at times, or made the expression that we need to go to the doctor because there's something wrong with your ears. <laughs> Were you ever told that? Like, there's something in there. We need to get it out. Because if we get it out, I'm sure that, that things will change. And he wasn't talking about whether I could understand the words that he was saying to me, because I could clearly articulate back exactly what he said. How many of us guys, when we hear that fateful question from the wife, are you listening to me? It's not a matter of whether we heard the words. The expectation is if we hear, we will will act. We will act. My dad is asking, are you listening to me? Is are you going to obey? Are you going to obey? Are you going to follow me? If God is your father, you will love me and you will listen to me, Jesus is saying. If God is your father, you will love me because you will see I am God. I am one with the father. Our our temptation is to approach God (sighs) 
with our claim over him that we're entitled to him acting on behalf or, or relating with us, or that we're entitled to him being our father. And we're not. We're not. And, 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 a good friend of mine, his name's Dave Twite. Give him a shout out. I got to hang out with him in lacrosse last weekend. And, and he reminded me a couple months back, you know, a lot of time we spend in the church right now is helping people realize that they're lost before they can actually be found. It's too often, friends, us here, as we show up, we think that we're innocent by association. We think that we're God's people. We like Jesus, but we don't love him. We, got, we, we, we need to really be honest with ourselves. This is a point that Jesus is making. And this isn't a threat. This isn't a threat for this to be exposed. It's freedom. It's an opportunity to be free. Ask the Lord to examine your heart. God, do I like you or do I love you as my God? Do I, am I just coming to you, Jesus, to just, just so I can get stuff from you? Am I associating with you because yeah, it's good stuff, love and peace and joy, and like it's good stuff. But Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm not meant to be good stuff, I'm meant to be your God. Do you like Jesus or do you love him? And the invitation is come. Let my love fill your heart. Surrender. Because on the other side, liking him, man, when you experience love for him, because he's worthy. When you surrender, friends, you're going to change. You know, that, that, that was one of the things for me realizing my burden I'm trying to help as a pastor. And there are many of you doing similar kind of work as for the kingdom. I can't change anybody. Because you've got to love Jesus. You've got to see he's worthy. He is the only one who is able. Do you want something from God or do you want God? Okay? You see, in this life, friends, right here and right now, Jesus said, it's going to be dark. You're going to experience trouble. There's going to be crap right now because I'm preparing a place for you. Now, I'm going to change you in the midst of the junk. I'm going to change you in the midst of the darkness. You won't be under darkness. You're going to be above the darkness because I'm light in the darkness. Now, your circumstances may still be hard, and you may still go through suffering and traumas and difficulties as you follow me, but I, I guarantee you, it's going to be different because I'm going to change you. I am worth it. I'm worth it. Evidence of that is so many people who've gone before us and right now, brothers and sisters in persecuted nations who are saying, no, he's worth it. I don't care. Do whatever you want to me. He's worthy. Beat me and I'll still love you because he loved me. He's worthy. Do you love him? If you're realizing that, I have not surrendered. I am not surrendered to him. That's a great opportunity. Come now. Don't take it as an offense. And Jesus goes on. 
the Jews, they were offended. Well, let's look at what they have to say next in the passage. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Clearly being a Samaritan is not a compliment, huh? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, in case we were all wondering. But I honor, my, I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Clearly an incredibly tense and profound moment here. The Jews reacting. You know how people do when they're questioning somebody's credibility. And, 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 and if you feel attacked, right, and, and your heart's not right, you feel attacked, you come out guns a-blazing, right? And you're going to question somebody's credibility is you just attack their character. You just start throwing names at them, right? You're a demon, right? Try that in your marriage. See how that goes. Not no bueno, right? Not good advice, but that's what we do. Like when we're mad, we're upset, right? When we're in our flesh, when we're selfish, or when somebody really calls, calls us out and they get to the heart, they start poking out our heart, they're getting under it. We try to shut them up by calling them names, right? You're a Samaritan. You're some, this was a very racist statement. Very racist statement. And, and you have a demon. Jesus keeps his cool, continues to offer them the opportunity to see who he is. They question his credibility. What authority do you have to question who our father is and to tell us our father's not God? What authority do you have to speak into our lives like this? And he explains the father, God the father, one you call God is my father. He's the one who gives me this authority. In fact, if you keep my word, if you guard my word, if you hear it and let it go into your heart, you let it change you, you will not see death ever. And the Jews always, because, you know, when people's heart, you know how it is, when we're in conflict with people, we're not interested in like listening to what they say. We're just like building our argument. You know how that is when we're in that place. We've all been there and it's a bad, nasty place. 
it doesn't ever lead to a good conversation, right? They're not listening to him. They're not trying to hear and understand. So they retaliate back. How in the world can you offer this promise that no one will die when Abraham died, the prophets died? You've got to be delusional. You've got to be possessed by a demon or something. How, how can you say this? Who do you make yourself out to be? You know, they're asking all the right questions, but they're not listening. Jesus, again, explains he's from the Father. Now, he goes on to say this profound thing, getting back to Abraham. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Now, Abraham, this guy that we talked about earlier, we're talking about thousands of years before Jesus. Thousands of years. How in the world is this possible? That, that Abraham looked forward to Jesus and he even saw it and was glad. What, what is he talking about here? The Jews at that time, they had various different beliefs about Abraham and, and his, his having some kind of vision or encounter with God. He already knew that the Messiah would come. Whether that was in the promise in Genesis 12, in that covenant that God made and said, listen, I'm choosing you and I'm going to make you into a nation and, 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 and I'm going to bless all nations by blessing you. They believed that maybe, that maybe God, that, that Abraham understood and saw that there would be some special Messiah. God himself would come. Or was in the moment where, Jesus, where God asked Abraham, that son, that one only son that I have given you, now take him and sacrifice him. And he's taking his son Isaac, and he obeys, and he, and he goes, and he's going up to this special place where they prepare to do a living sacrifice where they would normally sacrifice an animal. And Isaac, his son, is following along. He's just a young child. He trusts his daddy. And he's like, Daddy, what's... Where's the, where's, the, where's the sacrifice, Daddy? And, he, and Abraham tells him, God, God will provide the sacrifice. And he gets him up there to this place where he's going to do the sacrifice. And I can't imagine being Abraham. And he's tying his son up and, and he puts him in the place to be sacrificed demonstrating his full trust in God. And we, we, we look at this and like, why would God do this? There's all kinds of questions around this. God never intended for him to sacrifice his son. But he wanted to show us what faith looks like. And he wanted to show Abraham what he was going to do, what God was going to do for his people. And God told him, Abraham, stop. I see that you would give me your only begotten son. And you would sacrifice him for me. I provided a sacrifice. And there in the bush, there was a, a ram. And God had provided the sacrifice, the lamb, that would be sacrificed in the place of Isaac, in the place of his people. Jesus. Abraham saw Jesus in that moment, that God, his plan from all along in creating us, knowing that we would leave and reject him, his plan all along 
was to himself come and be sacrificed. He never intended Abraham to sacrifice his son, but he fully intended to sacrifice his own son for us. That was always his plan. Abraham saw my day and was glad. Jews are like, what? You're not 50 years old. How can this be? Jesus says, truly, truly. I say to you, whenever, whenever, whenever you capture this in your scriptures, whenever it says truly, truly, Jesus is like, listen up. Lean in. Listen up. This is important. Before Abraham was, I am. This is a phrase that God used for himself. When God revealed himself to this man named Moses back in the day, this was after Abraham, and he showed him. He said, what name shall I give? And, and God said, I am. Tell them I am sent you. Jesus saying, before Abraham was, I am, is, a, is, is not just saying the name of God. I am. It's also saying that there wasn't a point in time in which I existed. You see that phrasing, I am, is this continuous existence. I am existing. I've never not existed. And the Jews understood. You see by their response, they pick up stones. They're really excited. Whoa, you're God. That is awesome. Let's celebrate with stones. God became a human being to be slaughtered for us. God, his only son. He didn't show it as an object lesson. He showed it to save us. Jesus changes everything. Listen, friends, this is such a big deal. Nothing is going to change in your life, in your world. As long as we're wanting Jesus to do something for us or be something for us, rather than coming and, and receiving Jesus as he is. He is the great I am. There will not be light in your darkness until you stop expecting from Jesus something and you come to him and you bring your heart and say, I surrender. He's the great I am. He's, he is God himself. Unless that light penetrates your darkness right now, Nothing's going to change in your world, in your life, and how you see. There's stuff that you're stuck in. You're still a slave to sin in areas of your life. Nothing's going to change until you, for yourself, say, you're the great I am. You're my God. I love you. I surrender. There's nothing anybody can do for you. There's nothing I can do for you. It doesn't matter how good of a preacher I am or counselor or how much of an awesome church we have, which is pretty stinking awesome. Nothing's going to change until you come to God and come to, you come to Jesus and worship and receive him as your God. You see, the Jews rejected him. Are we going to be like Abraham and rejoice and worship? There's a variety of responses. If we receive Jesus, we will rejoice. We will worship. We will love him and we will live like him. He will change you. 
But friends, if, if we're still going to try to play the game, just, just showing up, just trying to you know, associate with this Christian thing and, and this Jesus thing, there's not a gray area. Either God is your father or you're a slave to sin and a slave to the devil. I don't know about you guys, but it's a pretty easy choice, right? When you put it like that, Satan, God. It's kind of easy. But it's not, is it? Because it's our hearts. As we, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on forward. As we sing this last song, it's a powerful song. And this song isn't going to make sense to you. And it's not going to rattle the cage of your heart unless Jesus is the great I am. And he's not your king. I invite you to come surrender. Come and be changed. If you need prayer, come and seek me out or others here. I'm going to stop talking. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. Jesus, we don't want to miss you like the Jews missed you. Lord, we, we, we don't want to be blinded by our own self-deception that it, it, it's good enough to just be good enough. It's good enough that we just show up. It's good enough that we like you. We're not good enough. We aren't. We need to surrender. We need you to take our place. We need you to change our hearts, Jesus. We need you to be king in our lives. Jesus, make that change now. We don't need another gimmick. We don't need five steps. We need you. Holy God, we pray that you would, would do this work and open our hearts because we can't do it ourselves. Now, let us respond. Let us rejoice. Let us surrender. Let us love Jesus. Let us be changed that we can live like you. Because you're the great I am. In your name we pray.